Today on the pod, we're going to find out what happens with Danny Rand with his iron fisting. And also, we're going to talk about the latest news that's happened over the last couple of weeks. And finally, like a turd in the wind, we'll talk about what could have been with Venom. Let's just use that one. (laughs) In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk Filmy to Me. Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, the film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. It's the podcast that doesn't have any limbs, arms. In fact, it's like a turd floating in the wind. I don't know if Elton John ever used those lyrics, but in Venom, they, they had quite dramatic effects. Anyway, speaking of dramatic effect, that leads me to my co-host for this week. You may remember him from podcasts about science. We've done the Annihilation Spoiler Special. He is also the head of the Astronomical Society for Essex, as well as, among other things, you've been on BBC a few times. Anything else I can plug? Um, no, just generally all round good guy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Haddon, how are you doing, sir? Not too bad, mate. I don't know about dramatic, but I'm a little bit traumatised after your intro. That's a lot of turd to mention in one go. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you, uh, there's like a, a whole scene where like that's the the dialogue. That's the level of of dialogue in this film uh, which is really annoying because I've, I've literally been championing this film since its incarnation yes. um, but anyway how's 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 life treating you how's the world you know mate it's uh, every day gets a little bit darker a little bit more de- depressing but hey ho crack on <laughs> that's, that's life in post Brexit Britain is that too political <laughs> Right, well, let's, let's let's keep the politics going then. So basically, um, last week we done uh, we went straight into the well, last week, last couple of weeks we went into we've gone straight into reviews. So let's let's do that. Let's let's talk okay. about that. We cannot just hurt people. Look into my eyes, Eddie. The way I see it, we can do whatever we want. So, Venom. 2018 film if you guys do not know what this character is about basically Venom is part of Spider-Man's rogue gallery it's part of the very complicated relationship between Marvel and Sony Uh, basically a long time ago Marvel sold off a lot of their characters and the characters that inhabit their universe Spider-Man was one of those characters they sold they sold to Sony Um, Sony have an agreement with Marvel at the moment that Spider-Man is allowed to be used in MCU movies hence why he is in Mm -hmm. uh, Civil war as well as their own version with homecoming but venom is part of the spider-man world and is a sony property so sony took the decision with the popularity of spider-man being as it is as high as ever that they wanted to create a cinematic universe because that's worked out for everyone else so well (laughs) um of the the bad guys within the spider-man world there's actually a vampire film with jared leto i think i can't remember it's called mobo the he's a character from Mm. spider-man that's a spin-off film that's in the works at the moment so jared Leto, aka the Joker, which is kind of weird playing that role, but this is the story of Venom. Uh, the, the original story is that basically Venom is a parasitic creature from space which inhabits some of Spider-Man's abilities and and becomes this hulking monster. Now, obviously, you can't use Spider-Man, so they've, they've rewrote it completely. Tom Hardy is uh, is the lead in this, and uh, when we first heard of this, a lot as, of- as Venom. As Venom, as the main guy, or Eddie Brock as the the, the alter ego. Mm. Um, so basically, when this film was announced about two years ago, a lot of people were saying, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, you can't. This is this is stupid." But then they heard Tom Hardy was attached, and people were like, "Oh, well, now you got my attention." Michelle Williams uh, also has been cast in, in this role oh. as the the love interest, but also she she has more than that in the film as well. Um, 
Also, it's been directed by Ruben... I can't pronounce this. Ruben Fletcher. You may know him as the director from Zombieland. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's his that's his main main thing really. Um, it's also got Riz Ahmed in it. He is a political activist, but also an actor. He starred in Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, he's also in the Night Manager. The do you remember you know that show with um, Hugh Laurie and Tom Hiddleston? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, really really good actor. Like really high grade. Actor. So was he a political activist before he was an actor, or uh, was he an actor who then became a political? I, I don't know the actual ordering of it, but because it just feels like a bit of a setout, doesn't it? You're a political activist, <laughs> but you're going to buy into mainstream media. <laughs> that's a good point, but, uh, but but maybe that's the best way of getting your message out. Well, he's, he's really anti-Brexit, so I like him. Oh, I like him as well. Yeah, yeah, he's my, he's my best mate now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, but so when you look on paper, this this looks like it's going to be something really really interesting. You've got. I know really, you've been looking forward to it for a long time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, the first trailer dropped. Remember at the start of the year, people bitched and moaned yeah. that they didn't, they couldn't see Venom in the trailer. Then they saw the trailer with Venom in, and people. You know, I think mm. a lot of people are out there to pan this film before it even even actually come out. Now, yeah. um, I have seen this film, and this review is based on what I have seen on the screen rather than what has come out before. There's yeah. been lots of... Uh, lots. Um, it's released on the same weekend as A Star Is Born, and right. there's a massive promotion to get this on the Oscar nominations, and there's lots mm. of... Uh, what's the word? Conspiracy theorists out there saying that, oh, well, there's actually fake bots out there putting negative reviews on... <laughs> Um, Rotten Tomatoes because it's part of the the star is but like that's all bullshit. Okay, if that was true, if it was true, like there's some people out there that really need to take a long hard look in the mirror <laughs> because yeah. if you're spending your time to create a bot to create negative reviews, you're obviously spending a lot of time jacking off by yourself rather than going out and living in the real world. So get a fucking life. Yeah, or, <laughs> or go hack the X Factor results or something. You know, do something funny. Or the American political system, because apparently it's easy to do. The Russians do it all the time. So. <laughs> so anyway, Russian politics aside. So this film is about a character called Eddie Brock. He lives in San Francisco. Uh, he is a investigative journalist. Uh, he's basically a YouTube journalist. And he investigates the, the ongoings of a foundation called the Life Foundation. Basically, it's SpaceX, but they can't say SpaceX, so they call themselves the Life Foundation. Yeah. They have been doing research... Um, trying to cure cancer but basically the long-term goal is to be able to take the human species and go live on another planet they've discovered this meteorite on this meteorite has these weird alien parasites parasites, and they bring them back to earth hoping to figure out a way to be able to let them host humans because if they can if humans can have their abilities we could then go live on these other planets where they come from that's the the science behind it basically and upon this investigation uh, eddie brock gets infected with one of these parasites and venom becomes venom so this super secure facility this investigative journalist manages to get so basically he's interviewing uh riz ahmed's character who's like the, the ceo of the company ask him a couple of dodgy questions and then he's like you're fired yeah i'm gonna ruin your life and and basically to try and get him back with the help actually of um i can't remember the lady's name she's from parks and recreation oh jenny slate she wasn't no not the main character john ralphio's sister 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's in it, which is kind of weird for me because I know she's a serious actress and she's been in some really yeah. good stuff, but I've only ever seen seen her in comedic roles. God, I love Parks and Recreation. That's yeah. such a good TV show. <laughs> so I expected her to be funny, even though yeah. I know it's not a comedy and I know that she's not trying mm. to be, be funny. So it was really off-putting her like being a serious scientist wearing glasses and, and talking all science, yeah. which is it's kind of weird for, for her what I'm used to seeing. But um, So anyway, he may, he breaks into a facility and he gets infected with, with said venom. I'm not going to go into to too much spoilers. So weak that. security is what we're talking about. Yeah, here. definitely weak, weak security. security. To be honest, it's kind of weak storytelling. There's a lot of uh, foreshadowing in a way which isn't clever. It's just a, no. oh, the only other things that can kill it are high sound waves or fire. Fire. <laughs> Did you hear that? Fire. fire. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and th- there's a couple of bits, like the script's not very good, like the dialogue. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just thought about that a little bit more. Fire kills most things. <laughs> In fact, the only thing that fire doesn't kill... I was about to say rocks, but then that's lava. Fire kills everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, it's, it's not... Look, this is not going to be... You're not going to be there... This is not going to puzzle the biggest scientific minds of the 21st right. century. Um, so, basically... The parasite gets in his body. He it's a personality, obviously called Venom. He hears a voice in his head, and when he takes over his body, he becomes this hulking monster. So these parasites speak English. Yes, they, I mean they inherit the host. They okay, develop so a language okay. from. Okay. I suppose you know you, you can write some. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, collude. I'm glad they didn't, to be honest, because there's nothing worse than when they sit there over-explained yeah, the plot. Yeah, <laughs> twenty minutes just going. You know what? It's some weird fucking goo from space. Yeah. it makes him into this big monster. This parasite can actually tap into their brainwave and talk to them in their own language yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't need that explanation you don't, you don't need that explanation so um, Tom Hardy has the voice of Venom as well and he does an amazing like like Tom Hardy is such a character yeah, actor yeah. right you think yeah. about I mean and it's I personally love Oh, so darkness is around here. But um, <laughs> but he, that he, was Bane for anyone. That was Bane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he puts on a really cool voice for this, yeah. and it's almost a completely different character. It's like a buddy cop movie inside okay. Tom Hardy's head, hmm. right? It feels like there's three movies here. There's kind of like a horror body shock film mm-hmm. of these people being possessed by these parasites, yeah. and bending and breaking, and all that sort of stuff. There's kind of like this this duo personality happening inside mm-hmm. Eddie's head where he's trying to be a good guy and not listen to the voices that are telling him to rip people's heads off and eat their body. Oh, and basically the parasite has to consume... Human flesh? Well, carbon life forms to stay alive. And if it doesn't consume carbon life forms, it will consume its host eventually. So basically, Eddie's on a constant clock to feed... Venom or Venom will kill him basically yeah, like a double cheeseburger is like 129 can you not just get a load of those rather than killing people well I yeah, there, might, there might be some logic in that and uh, they didn't touch upon the exact reason <laughs> into why um, just, go, just goes into his local McDonald's I'm just going to have 20 well, double cheeseburgers well yeah yeah there's, there's a few plot holes in this film let's just put it that way or why didn't you just go buy a bunch of meat and just keep it around you yeah. like, alright Venom here you go mate chomp yeah. on this how to ruin a film in five minutes with Jamie <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. so, so basically it's kind Kind of, it's an anti-hero. The idea of this is that he only wants to go after bad people. You can see it. You've seen, yeah, I'm not explaining uh-huh. anything you haven't seen in the trailers. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, a lot of what you do see in the trailer of Venom is actually pretty much the whole film in terms oh, of how okay. much... The, the, That's always disappointing when they do that with trailers. Though, oh, it? absolutely. And one of the things which I am really disappointed about with this character is this lends itself to being R-rated. Okay, uh, It lends itself to, to being a bit more gratuitous. It uh, definitely... 
you know, swearing and language and everything else in that. And this is a PG-13. They edit oh. a lot of stuff out. And they do it in a way which just makes it, takes you away from it. So there's a scene where uh, Venom bites the head off someone. And you're like, oh, this is fucking yeah. metal, right? It's big. Yeah. Gold hulking thing like yeah. this action pit set piece is actually really good some of the special effects in this are absolutely amazing and he drops the body and, and runs away and there's no blood they purposely take the camera away so you don't actually see what's going on sort of thing and it's just like a if you if we can learn anything from what Deadpool and Logan mm. have done is that you know R rated there is cancer, a market there yeah it sells and they decided to move against that now Tom Hardy has come out and said that forty minutes of the film that he absolutely loves has been cut right and I don't read into that too much because on average an hour gets cut mm. from most films like a director will make like a three four hour cut because that's just the easiest thing to do and then they'll start shaving scenes yeah. and minutes to get down to where they need to. So that's not uncommon. But the fact that Tom Hardy has kind of alluded to some of his favourite scenes have been cut and I, I, there's some obvious stitching going on. So halfway through the film, Venom decides that he doesn't want to destroy the world. He actually kind of likes the chaos of being able to go and eat bad guys. And he likes Eddie. He doesn't want to consume Eddie. He wants to stay there. <laughs> basically want to hang out and, and have this kind of this relationship, which is awesome. But um, is there any cheesy music, like love music? No, no, no. Reunited no. and it feels so good. Boy, he's fucking head off. Uh, that's what it should be. Um, uh, that's actually quite a good impression of, of Venom. Anyway, um, there's a, there's like a dynamic that happens through yeah. the film. Like all of a sudden it stops being, I don't want this to, I'm accepting this happening. And there must have been quite a bit of dialogue to get to that point and lots of scenes and exploration to get to that. They completely cut it. So it goes from being one second, I don't want this thing, I'm a victim, to actually this is kind of cool. And that that it misses the mark. I think there's, there's, there's that balance, isn't it? Like you know, if you cut out all those scenes, you potentially make the film not as good as it could have been. Yeah. But you open up the market to a larger share, and make up for that loss of word of mouth sort of thing. You know. Whereas if you made it really gruesome, and it spread by word of mouth, that it was yeah, it's a good gruesome film. Let's be honest, people like a good gruesome film every now and then. So it's all yeah. right. So it's a, it's that balancing act, isn't it? And it, it's a shame that it feels like they've missed them. From what you're saying, they feel like they missed them up. They have, and towards the end of so basically, Venom's not the only parasite they got from the from the meteorite. There was a few others. There's some really well known names in this because mm. uh, the actual character Venom went on, actually did have its own separate line of stories in the comic mm. world. So they've got a real rich tapestry. Mm. In fact, a bit of an embarrassment of riches to pick from in terms yeah. of great stories they could adapt for the silver screen. And there's two uh, stories. One's called Lethal Enforcer. Or Lethal Protector, sorry. And the other one's called Planet of the Symbionts. And okay. they kind of splash these two stories together. Mm-hmm. And they're unfortunately, inevitably, and this is where people this is where people have a big fucking problem in these films, that inevitably there tends to be a big CG fight between two CG characters yeah. and it just looks a bit rubbish. And that's that's what it ends up as really. And um, yeah, it's it's some really disappointing parts of this film. I think it is not the cast at all. The mm. cast is stellar. Michelle Williams, she doesn't have much in this mm. film, but she really does work with what she's got. I think Riz Ahmed is absolutely brilliant, even though he is basically just a moustache-twirling bad guy. He's basically Elon Musk if he wanted to take over the world. Like, but any- I wish he did take he, over the world. He'd be quite interested, wouldn't he? I think it'd he? be a better world. <laughs> he'd be driving electric cars. 
We'll all be flying to the moon. Flying to the moon. Apparently marijuana will be all right. I don't know about that. I'm not sure if I'm cool with that, but hey-ho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll it sounds like a nice relaxed time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this film, it's not It's not the cast. It's definitely the script. The script's the script yeah. piss poor, to be honest. There's wow. some real lines of dialogue which you just go, really? Like, there's, I said it in the intro, there is one line where Venom threatens to rip off someone's arms and they'll look like a turd in the wind. And it's just like, that was supposed to be a big comedic, like part of the film it mm. wasn't it wasn't mm. funny at yeah. all um, there's some weird bits like apparently Eddie Brock's supposed to be this amazing journalist in fact there's mm. even a scene where he's editor-in-chief says to me you are the best uh, investigative I can't even fucking investigative. say investigative thank you investigative yeah. <laughs> the best uh, journalist out there and, uh, who likes investigating who likes investigating <laughs> thank you and uh, the first scene he has with Riz Ahmed's character the, the Life mm. Foundation CEO he gets a load of facts wrong and it's just like, uh, why would you do that? You've only done that so you can have conflicts between Eddie and the CEO yeah. so they can be like trying to kind of do a bit of dick measuring. But right. it's just, there's so many poor elements, unfortunately, that, that push this film down and down and down, which is such a crying shame because I really did hold high hopes for this film. Mm. Um, I do still, I did enjoy the film. Don't be wrong. A lot of yeah. people are saying this film is fucking terrible. And a lot of podcasts, and I'm calling you out, you are just reading reviews and quoting magazines. This is not Catwoman bad. No, this is not, oh, this is like a film I saw in the early 2000s. It's not like that at all. The difference is, is that we have had an embarrassment of riches of comic book movies mm, for the last yes. 10 years. And that means Marvel have really set a high standard. Now, this is an origin film. This is a superhero origin movie, whether you like it or not. What we were expecting wasn't the origin story. It was actually the sequel where it's basically mostly Venom tearing up a city. In fact, Venom is hardly in this film. Venom is actually more towards the third act of the film. It's an origin story. Marvel have done this paint by numbers for twenty. You know, sorry, for the best part of ten years, and we are used to a very high standard. This is not Marvel making it. This is Sony. Mm. Sony are not as good at making these, and it shows. Doesn't mean it's a terrible film. I'm going two out of five. Okay. Um, that means do not spend your money on this, but please buy it on Blu-ray. But it sounds like a lot of people are spending their money on this because apparently it's going to break eighty million domestic in the US for its opening weekend. Now, for a film that's got twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes and every mm. quit, uh, critic of notes basically coming out and twenty percent is low, isn't it? I mean, that, I mean, twenty percent is you would walk out yeah. watching it. I mean, did you walk? Did you want to walk out watching that film? No, God no. I, I like I said, I, I the first half starts actually quite yeah. strong. It's it, the weight of expectation, the trying to mix comedy where it doesn't necessarily yeah. fit, um, with a film that should be a PG uh, should be R rated, but you've made it a PG thirteen, yeah. with a script that's quite poor. Uh, that's that's yeah. what's the downfall is. They have set up a massive sequel. So pretty much everything. <laughs> no, the cast, the cast, and the cast some of the it. effects. Yeah. Like if it wasn't Tom Hardy in this film, it'd be terrible. Like yeah. I would be agreeing with a lot of the the reviews from that perspective. But Tom Hardy does just enough to make this mm. passable. I know we're reviewers ourselves, but I always feel like with these big shot reviews, you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt, haven't you? Because Definitely, definitely. I mean uh, It's look, not a work of art, is it, at the end of the day, this film. It's yeah. you know, it's not gonna win awards. It's not one it's not that type of film though, is yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That is my point. Not every film has to be 
The Shape of Water. No. Right? Not every film has to be The Room. Yeah. <laughs> okay? There is a massive fucking spectrum in between. Yeah. Well, I read a really interesting thing, but I think David Chen, the guy who runs Slash Film, who's an absolute legend and he follows the podcast, so, hey, Dave, um, he compared this to saying this is The Room of superhero movies because it's got a really, like, there's a, there's a bit of a train wreck, but there's actually something an encapsulating film in the core of yeah. this somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of agree with that. There is a good film in that in some mm. way. It's just, a, it's just a shame a lot of bits have been lost out. A bit rough around the edges. Yeah, I think... Um, a lot of people said oh it's set up for a sequel but it's not going to happen because the film's so bad well actually if you're going by the first weekend's take they could afford to they could afford to I think I think it yeah. could actually happen I think I personally think you should sack the director you should just say never again I'm sorry mate like, who stick, was it? Uh, the guy who made Zombieland oh, yeah, so yeah. go back to making Zombieland 2 yeah. and focus on that because you're really good at that yeah. and I'll pick up the phone and say hello Mr David Lynch director of John Wick Atomic Blonde yeah. De- and Deadpool 2 I think you should direct uh, Venom 2 yeah. because it's going to be fucking R-rated and it's going to have a great budget and it's going to have Tom Hardy coming back you know, and we'll put in the scenes that we cut from the first film and I think you're going to have a franchise that could be worth a billion dollars if you yeah. if you go down that route. Um, hopefully that will happen. So anyway, yes, there you have it. Venom, unfortunately, it's two out of five but it's a cheerful two. We will eat both your arms and then both of your legs and then we will eat your face right off your head. Right, so news this week. We missed a couple of weeks of pods, so apologies for that. So it's literally a shit metric ton of news. But let's talk about the, the one that got me most excited, actually. Star Wars. Um, no, it's not something toxic. It's actually kind of cool. John Favreau, the guy who wrote and directed the first Iron Man movie. He also is currently directing the Lion King reboot. Remake, should I say, sorry. He also done that Jungle Book oh, okay. remake. So, yeah, good company, good guy. He is making a Star Wars TV show. This is still going ahead. Head, live action. Oh. No, no, this is good. This is good. It's is like it it's uh, the last time they made a TV series. I think it was in the eighties, and it was about Chewbacca at Christmas visiting his Wookiee family in Kashyyyk. <laughs> it wasn't very good. That's the deep cuts nerd. Isn't it? I, I love it. I love it. Uh, no, this is a serious TV show with a okay. massive budget behind it. It's going to be part of Disney's streaming service. And when's it set? It is set after the end of the Empire, but the rise of the First Order. Okay. It's going to be called The Mandolin, or The Mandolian. Sorry, I should pronounce that correctly. It's based around bounty hunters, okay. which is kind of cool. So this might be that Boba Fett film that we're never going to get. You know, kind so, of- so this is how they're going to basically hook in all those people that go, I don't need another streaming service in my life. Oh, you're making a Star Wars TV series. I need another streaming service yeah, in exactly, my life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Look, John Favreau is an amazing, amazing director, a great writer. Mm. He's going to be the showrunner for this. He's actually pulled in some amazing talent for directing. Taika Waitiki, who directed oh, right. for Ragnarok, he's going to be directing an episode. So is Bree Stadis Howard. Uh, first time she's going to be directing. Obviously, her dad is Ron Howard, who directed Solo. Yeah, among- which, I, which I saw for the first time the other day. What do you think? Oh, I liked it. There we go. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, 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 just, I, I liked it. I, 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 it wasn't special, but it was... I, like, you said, like you said in your pod, in your review about the little tip, you know, tip of the hat to the... the, know, the, the you know, and the past and, and, the other, and the future films and so on. There were some nice run-throughs. You know what I'd love to see as a short film, not to go off on a tangent, is... You know the helmet Lando wears in... Oh, what's it called? Return of the Jedi. In his In outfit, Jabba's Palace. In Jabba's Palace. Yeah. 
that hat makes a cameo in the solo movie. It's in oh. the changing in Lando's changing room. And I'd love to find a short film where it just follows that hat. <laughs> yeah, it could be sitting in a cupboard for years and Lando just pops it on and goes, oh, I'm going to go to Jabba's Palace or... Oh, going I fancy a... dress part. Yeah, I'm going fancy dress part. <laughs> How many capes have I got? But, but anyway, um, so yes, yeah, I'm really hyped for this. Big, mm. big budget. They've released a one set photo of a bounty hunter looking very Fett-like, mm. but they're not any dropping any details from that perspective. Um, it's also got Dave Fellaini, who worked on the Clone Wars uh, mm-hmm. TV show as well as Star Wars Rebels. So, yeah, this is in good company. I was mm. sceptical at first, but the more talent that keeps getting put towards this, um, I'm, I'm really excited about this. It's going to follow, like I say, the fall of the Empire, but before the emergence of the First Order. It's going to follow the travels of a lone gunfighter mm-hmm. and it, who's a bounty hunter, but we don't know exactly the sort of ethos behind that. Mm-hmm. So uh, no release date has yet been to confirm, but we're expecting it to happen at you know, some point next year when the streaming service comes out. You excited? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not excited about having to fork out more money for another streaming service, but, <laughs> but I think this could be the end of like cable TV or you know Sky Television things like that. Where generally there are very few shows that are shown on the mainstream television anymore. Yeah, I think like Netflix hit the nail on the head by going, you know what? If we make original content that people are willing to pay mm. for, we're good. And they started that with House of Cards, although, yeah. let's say... There's no- <laughs> but, um, you know, with their Marvel shows, yeah. with uh, with unexpected hits as well. So yeah. what was that one? Um, oh, God. The OC. Like, that done, that done yes. amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they're, they're so good at making this. In fact... Uh, they have some misses, but their TV shows are generally like, very Movies, hit or miss. Yeah. TV shows, like, they, they got good. their genuine... Yeah, and amazing. I'll be honest, once The Walking Dead's finished... I don't think I need Sky. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're trying, right? They're, they're, they've got a partnership with AMC, yes, ironically, yeah. and um, they are trying to make the odd original show. So mm. that one of Idris Alba in the long run was okay. Uh, got, they've got, got Ballers with Dwayne Johnson. Is that AMC as well? That's HBO. That's HBO. Right. But uh, yeah, that, that's, but HBO have a streaming service now, don't they? Well, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's just becoming a point now. I think you know, you having a box in your house which delivers stuff from a satellite dish or a cable running through the ground. That you've spent the best part of 80 quid on. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a thing in the past. It's going to be all run through Wi-Fi streaming services, and it's just it's just the future. Yeah. And and you either get on board with those, but the consumer's not going to want to spend like five different subscriptions for five you imagine services. imagine Rupert Murdoch reading his paper, you know, headline is, <laughs> Disney shares and Netflix yeah. could take up 80%. Barbara, yeah. you see how much fucked we've gone? Anyway, sorry, uh, not, to do a, <laughs> not to do a hate crime to our Australian <laughs> listeners there. Um, so let's move on. So Aquaman, the trailer got dropped. Well, we've, we've had quite a few trailers. Yeah. But James won last night, dropped a five-minute trailer. Five-minute trailer of... <laughs> That's quite a bit of the film, isn't it? <laughs> it looks like he's shown quite a bit of it as well. It, in fact, the trailer ends with with uh, Arthur Curry, Aquaman, Jason Momoa, however you want to call mm. him. Um, I always say that's a leftover dinner, Arthur Curry. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, that's why I get paid the big bucks. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a armour that is very reminiscent of the original comic book character. It's oh, probably like golden, orangey mm. and green yeah. sort of thing. Look, they're trying to move away from the the train wreck that was Justice League. Even though this film is set after Justice League yeah. and it is still in that universe. But they're trying to add a new tone of lightness to it. It's supposed to be kind of a fantasy epic mm. underwater. It looks amazing. It looks beautiful, big scale. I highly recommend you go see it. Mm. I don't want to spoil any of it. 
It is five minutes long. Be prepared to spoil probably some of the film because I can imagine quite a bit of the film is in that. Yeah. But uh, it looks absolutely fantastic. What do mm. you? Were you looking forward to Aquaman? I wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Jason Momoa is a is a fantastic actor. Yeah. Uh, I've, you know, he was a bit the nerdy side of me. He was in Stargate Atlantis and he was brilliant in that. Um, obviously, he was in Game of Thrones as well. Superb yeah. in that. He plays very much the same character in everything. But that is who he is in real well, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Surfer dude, yeah, bro, yeah. works out, Could drinks. throw knives while drunk. That's the sort of guy I want to hang out with. You yeah, know? I can't. Always, uh, I imagine going out for a night and it'd be amazing. You just wake up with a tattoo of his face on your back or something. Yeah, you? yeah, and like pinned to a board with a load of knives around you, and just like the worst hangover ever. And he's still probably still drinking and still having a party. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, he he changes the dynamic. But like you said, Justice League wasn't wasn't great. Um, yeah, I, I mix, I mix. I want to say, obviously, I, I'll reserve judgment, but. I if anyone can put it off, it'll be Jason Momoa. Yes, and I think that yeah, it's it's kind of a poison chalice, but it's also mm. James Wan directing, right? The guy who done the the Conjuring movies. He's obviously a big horror guy, but he's trying to embark on a different style yeah. of storytelling here. And look, I'm I'm quietly optimistic. Um, I think there's definitely some promise in this. Yes. Something that brought a tear to my eye the other day. Um, I know it sounds kind of weird. Uh, to say that something brought a tear to my eye but actually I was really upset about this Chris Evans tweeted uh, an emotional farewell to Captain America so they've wrapped on Avengers yeah. 4 finally and he <laughs> when you say Chris Evans <laughs> yeah he's quit Radio 2 yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah he's now going to become the new Captain America the new Captain uh, America is a ginger Brit in his, yeah. in his mid 50s yeah who half for some reason got voted more annoying than paper cuts but yeah was the most listened to person on radio well there we go. Love to hate him, I suppose. Yeah, yes. But anyway, uh, Radio 2 personalities aside, Chris <laughs> Evans, the actor, he has basically yes, confirmed that he is no longer playing Captain mm. America. He says, after eight years of playing this character, it's been an absolute honour and a privilege. I was texting my wife just saying, have you heard the news? Dot, dot, dot. No, why? What's happened? It's just not happening anymore. I don't know how I'm going to cope. Are you sure? Are you okay? Something something bad happened. Absolutely. But let's not cry because it's over. Let's smile because it's happened. What's happened here, Flynn? Chris Evans ain't going to play Captain America anymore. <laughs> she stopped replying to me at that point. I was like, but Robert Downey Jr. always keep being Tony. We'll always yeah. have Tony, won't we? Yeah, exactly. I don't think Robert Downey Jr. could ever stop being Tony Stark. I don't think, see how anyone else can play that character. But it's a bit like Chris Evans. He really does embody the typical all-American hero. He does. And what, like... Something that I'll always say fair play to him for. I am not interested in Captain America. He's boring. Mm. Right? He's perfect. Like he doesn't have he doesn't have a like on paper he's a just a typical kind of like the problem Superman has, mm. right? He's just there's he's a good guy and not much can really really harm him and at the same time there's no real conflict. Chris but Evans did, made it a conflicted character. But didn't a sniper kill him in the comic books? Well let's not get all nerdy. <laughs> okay? I'm just like I know what you mean though, but like and I always found that a really lame ending for him was that we just got taken out by a sniper. Yeah, but there's in comics you come yeah. back the, the the following issue, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. It's like so. But do you think they'll kill him off, or do you think? 
I think they will not follow the comic books. In the comic books, Steve no, Rogers it's a does, lame death. <laughs> does, does die and other people take it up as a mantle. Yeah. I don't think they'll be doing that. I think they want Captain America out of the picture so they can make way for a new generation right. of, of people. A, because Chris Evans is 38 now and you can't be in that shape and carry that role for another 10 years. No. Uh, well, he maybe could, but he doesn't want to. He yeah. wants to go into directing. And also, we've got stars like Benedict Cumberbatch who is Doctor Strange and doing an amazing job Brie Larson's going to kick ass as Captain Marvel yeah. Black Panther made 1.8 billion dollars like you've got billion billion exactly you've Jesus. got this new crop of people mm. that you can go for lack of a better word exploit so mm. yes the OG Avengers at the end of Infinity War spoiler alert are the only ones left mm. and they will get their right their ride into the sunset there will be a Black Widow movie apparently oh, very right. soon as well but um but I think we're going to start seeing the, the the reduction of them. And Chris Evans has basically come out and confirmed that. Um, I, mm. I applaud the guy. He has taken a boring character. He's given him layers. He started out as the the naive the naive do-gooder in the first Captain America movie. You know, I'm here, the war effort and everything else. Made him question his own loyalty to his country and, yeah. and fight for what's right in that third film as well. So I think he's done an amazing journey arc. Um, I think there's going to be a time travel element in Avengers 4. Right, that's that's. That has to be. There's all been confirmed, right? So basically, mm. there's been set photos of them wearing their original Avengers outfits, and Chris Evans somehow looks exactly as he did ten years ago, mm. bastard. And, <laughs> um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if his ending will involve time travel and finally get catching back up with Peggy. That's what I think. Oh. Yeah. I think that's how they'll, they'll sunset him. That'd be nice. But in a way which doesn't fuck the timeline. <laughs> you know, it, it's a quantum loop. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be make like up some a, sort of name up like that, won't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there is an interesting thing, right? Captain Marvel comes out in January. There's this concept of scrolls, which are like shape shifting aliens. Mm. I can imagine that they replace Peggy Carter with a shape shifting alien, so she can not uh, fuck up the timeline. And Captain and Peggy go live off somewhere. Spoiler alert! Possibly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Possibly. If I get that right, then yeah. then you I, need some royalties, my friend. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. I was watching. Somebody uh, Hollywood's going. That's a great idea. Yeah. The Russo <laughs> brothers right now are going. We're fucked. We don't know the ending. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah. A podcast in England. Yeah. That uh, sat in a front room of a two-bedroom flat in Colchester. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was watching the Infinity War um, extras and uh, just watching some of the mm. interviews on them and. That, that film is so good. The scene when Thanos says Stark to Robert Downey Jr. and you don't, you, it's just a quick glance in his mm. face. And one of the script, one of the screenwriters, is saying, "We really want that scene to have an impact because for six years Tony Stark has been fearing this unknown entity that's coming to attack him. Not only is he face to face with it, but it knows his name." And it's just like, oh my god, I just thought it was kind of cool he knew his name. Yeah. But like the emotion, right, man, it's incredible. Anyway, so I've spent far too long talking about this subject. But Chris Evans has said goodbye to, to Ye Old Shield. And, mm. you know, fair play. He was, a, he was an amazing turn in that. And what did drop a couple of weeks ago, which we didn't talk about in this podcast, is the Dark Phoenix trailer for X Men, the next X Men yep. movie. And, and I've got to be honest, I'm really disappointed with it. Like, it looks. Like basically a carbon copy of X3. Oh, right. Considering, I mean, a lot mm. of people have said, look, if you're going to do Dark Phoenix, it can't just be one film. It's like a saga. Like, apparently in the comics, the story is really, really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've managed to condense it to one film. The guy who wrote the script for X3 is directing this film. Surely that's a bad sign already. Yeah, that's not a good sign. That's like, that's, that's like, mm. but he came out and said, like, all these, for years, he's come out and said, 
I made lots of mistakes of X3. I want to correct them in doing this adaptation of it instead. It's kind of like the the second chance Ryan Reynolds got with Deadpool, right? Yeah. You know, from that perspective. But I'm I'm not stoked about this trailer. It stinks of the, all the problems that was with X3. They even took some... The, so they in the story for X3, the whole thing of Charles imprisoning... Uh, Jean Grey, so that she doesn't, she's not aware of the Phoenix and everything yes. else. That was ri- that was written for the film. That's not a, that's not in the comics at all. So you kind of figured, right? Let's avoid that. Let's not do it. They're playing off the same thing again by oh. the looks of it. Have you seen the trailer? Not yet. <laughs> well, don't, 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 don't. I'm not gonna bother after that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Sophie Turner looks great in the part. I feel sorry for her because she was introduced as Jean in the previous film Apocalypse, and what they're trying to do in this spin-off universe, whatever you want to call it, from from first class onwards, is that each film follows a period of ten years. So it was '63, first class; '73. Days of Future Past, 83, Apocalypse, and this is set in 1992. Yeah, be a dick with that and not set it exactly 10 years. But, um, December 25th. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That'd be kind of a cool film. Christmas Eve, and yeah. Nirvana's playing in the background, and then you know it's the 90s. And, uh, and yeah, Die cool. Hard's on the TV. <laughs> yeah, incredible. But um, basically, yeah, they've set this... Yeah, So these films are supposed to cover quite a long period now. Mm. And actually, James McElroy and Michael Fassbender, in theory, are four years away from looking like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. <laughs> hmm. Those were a rough four years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd love it if Ian McKellen she was like, cocaine. <laughs> that was the reason. That was the reason. I was fucking everything. It basically <laughs> turned me into this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Dark Phoenix trailer. I appreciate that you may have already seen it, but we did have a few tweets of people asking for our verdicts on this one. And just to wrap up the news, so a trailer dropped. Christian Bale, uh, an amazing actor. We haven't heard much from him recently. He has transformed himself into Vice President Dick Cheney for the film called Vice. <laughs> and uh, he put on, you know, like he put on loads of weight for American yeah. Hustle. He's put on more weight for this. Oh, wow. But apparently he lost it again in like a matter of months. Like, I'm pretty sure he's Don't got... you hate people to have time to go to the gym all day, every day? Yeah, no, he, surely he's got like... Surely like his cardiologist be like, you're Dude, dying. This ain't healthy. Stop this doing this. Healthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm Batman, I don't care. Because <laughs> I assume everyone embodies Batman their characters. Batman to fat man and back again. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, but the trailer book. dropped. It looks... It looks like a great film. I think mm. this has got Oscar written all over it. I think Christian Bale doesn't get the recognition he deserves mm. for his character performances. You think about films like The Machinist, American mm. Hustle, uh, American Psycho. Mm. Uh, he just needs to do another film of American in the title to have a trilogy. And it's just, yeah, I, I, I love the guy. The, yeah. the guy can't do no wrong um, in my eyes. Even that bad Terminator film. I thought Is that Salvation? Not Salvation. Yeah, it was Salvation. salvation yeah, yeah. I, I, I still enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm pumped for this. Have you seen the trailer yet? No, no. Well, I've not re- seen many trailers over the last couple of weeks actually. Well, I recommend watch Vice. Do not watch Dark Venus. Watch, uh, watch Vice. Okay, there you go. That's your news for this week. Streaming gems. You have not been home in days. You barely sleep when you are home. How many times a night you light that fist up? 
Fist Season 2 is actually the third outing for Danny Rand, a.k.a. the Iron Fist, a.k.a. the Immortal Weapon. He was actually in a spin-off season where they put all the heroes of the Netflix Marvel Universe together in the Defenders. And Season 2 of Iron Fist picks up straight after those events. At the end of the Defenders, uh, Matthew Murdoch, a.k.a. the Devil of Hell's Kitchen, or Daredevil, as known to you and me, um, is presumed dead. And uh, New York City is needing a protector, someone to, to be that vigilante overseeing it. So Danny Rand has took it upon himself to to fulfil that role. And he is trying to fight a war on all different fronts. There's lots of different crimes going on. There's lots of different gang wars. As well as, obviously, there's a cosmic element of what happened in Kunlun, where Davos is trying to get a revenge story on him. So I think it's fair to say that the first season of Iron Fist wasn't particularly good and it disappointed a lot of people for a number of reasons. First of all, Finn Jones, the guy who plays Danny Rand, you could tell he was trying to find his footing in terms of character but also in terms of being a martial artist. Now, if you're going to make a TV show about the greatest martial artist who ever lived, you probably should make sure that your your, your main cast can actually throw a punch or two. Uh, Finn Jones wasn't a martial artist before he took up the role. He had to learn very quickly. And don't get me wrong, done an amazing job from that perspective. But the overall product was not good. Also, a lot of the time, it was spent in like, business conference rooms or or family feuds in an apartment. I mean, you don't you don't tune in to watch that sort of thing. Another side note is that the showrunner of, of the first season was a guy called Scott Buck, who is famous for grounding shows in reality, a.k.a. I can do effects on a budget. And they really did clip the wings of that show, basically. The cool gimmick is he's a martial artist who has a glowing fist, I mean, that should be enough to get people hooked in. And they just dribbed it down and down and down to a point where it was just a glowing hand and every now and again he would do it. Anyway, let's move on. In season two of Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist makes a cameo for a couple of episodes and there's a bit of an interesting dynamic between him and Luke and that got me pretty excited for Iron Fist season two because actually it seems like Finn Jones has found his footing with the character bit more at peace with how he plays the role Uh, his martial arts has definitely kicked on a bit and to an extent that that is the case in Iron Fist season two far less boardrooms a lot more brawling which is great I think they've acknowledged that the most the least interesting part of this show is actually the main cast it's actually Danny Rand himself they focus a lot more on Kayleen Wynn who is his love interest but also uh, equal can definitely uh, kick his ass is a trainer of a dojo and obviously you've seen a lot of her in the first season Misty Knight makes a return in this as well she's she's one of the main cast and it's basically the storyline is uh, Davos is out for revenge it turns out the Iron Fist is a transferable skill and if you've seen the trailer you kind of get that the ability to have the Iron Fist moves around from person to person and Danny Rand gets stripped of his powers and he has to basically go back to basics that's the real gist of this show 10 episodes and finally Netflix has listened to people of you don't need to make a show 13 episodes if you've only got 10 hours of dialogue to to fill it with so and it definitely definitely benefits from the reduction of that um, this is a marked improvement from season one uh, they've, they've convinced me to actually believe that I'm actually quite interested in where they go with the story now which is great Colleen Wing really does steal the show though in terms of the storyline the emotional lifting the fighting and pretty much everything in between uh, Davos is brilliant in this TV show like he really is a conflicted villain and really does bring some real chops to it got a real gravitas to his voice as well one of the things which I didn't like about the second seasons of most Netflix Marvel shows with the exception of Daredevil which 
for my money, greatest uh, superhero TV show of all time. Anyway, um, one of the things which I really didn't like about a bit about Luke Cage season two, Jessica Jones season two, was they they feel this urge to go back to talk about heritage. Luke Cage had his father appear into it. Uh, Jessica Jones had her mum appear into it. So I was like, please, for the love of God, do not go down another daddy issue story. And they steered completely clear of that. So thank you for doing that, Netflix. And you know, the show is definitely a marked improvement. Yes, it is still substantially below the other Netflix shows, uh, but it did have a hell of a way to go from season one, and it has done some way in doing that. I think going forward, they're probably going to focus even less on Danny Rand, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sorry, Finn. Uh, but I really hope we get to see a bit more of where this story is going. I'm going three out of five, which is definitely a recommendation. And uh, I really can't wait to see where they take this story going forward. We have family matters to discuss. You and Davos, you were trained together. I fought my brother. There is no changing what happened. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed making it, please click on the like, subscribe, whatever button it means that you get content from Talk Filmy to Me. I've been Adam Flint. You can find us on Twitter at Talk Filmy to Me. I want to thank my boy Jamie. How can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Mr. Hannon in Space. Hannon in Space. Oh, no, I was trying to do Bane, didn't work. Hannon in Space. <laughs> <laughs> um, next week, we're going to be reviewing Daredevil Season 3. We have been given access to it. In fact, I have the first six episodes in my hand right now. Not really, because it's like a cloud thing. You log into a portal and it plays mm. it for you. But you get my point. Now, I am not allowed to give any any reactions at all until the 12th of October, but I'll be giving you my full review at that point. We also got some interesting interviews lined up, but I'm not allowed to say of whom just yet. Also, we'll be announcing our website but again I've signed some stuff for that so I can't really I can't really say much right now no, just just watch this space <laughs> yeah tune in next week till next time. we're down in the basement we'll lock the cellar door and baby talk filmy to me